This story has been recorded at an Addictive Eaters Anonymous meeting in Ireland. You can email us at contact at aeainfo.org. Hi, my name is Serena and I'm addicted to food and it's great to see our full meeting here this evening. Um, there's six of us here in the room in Dublin and I'm blessed to have a meeting to come to and I'm blessed to have all of you in my life to get to hear your message of recovery that you carry to me and that I get to share my head with other people and get to have the grace of your recovery in my lives. So absolutely blessed to be here this evening and the topic for this evening's meeting is that line that was read earlier from A Vision for You on page 164 and the line is God will constantly disclose more to you and to us um, and I was thinking about just the different ways that God has disclosed more to me um, over the last number of years and yesterday morning I was um, at home in my where I grew up down the country it's about an hour from here just over an hour and I was up in my bedroom and the winter light was coming through and I was talking to a member on the phone and I was happy and I wasn't down in the kitchen eating um, and what I realised was the house was empty apart from me being there people were off at mass and doing a bit of sport and there I was and I'd had my breakfast and I wasn't still in the kitchen eating I wasn't looking to make another sandwich making more toast looking into the deep freeze for what I could get um, I'd had my breakfast and I hadn't the desire to have any more or any less of it and that's a miracle because there was a time when I thought I was going to have to stop going home if every time I went home I'd eat the way I'd eat, this long binge of eating that I would do when I'd go home. And I was the kind of eater who absolutely loved food and liked the effect of food, but knew in my heart that what I did and the way I ate wasn't normal or that other people wouldn't see it as normal. So I went to great lengths to hide what I did with the food. Um, I ate in secret. I ate, I spread my eating. I'd eat a few of these and a few of that um, just so that no one would cop that I'd just eaten this huge volume of food. And, and if the food ran out, maybe people were on holidays and the food ran out, I'd start beating up eggs and sugar and just make up a raw mixture and eat that. Um, or as I said, I'd get food out of the deep freeze and sort of defrost it. Um, but just when I had to eat, one or two wasn't enough and I'd just have to keep going. And I'd always think I was going to stop with the next sandwich or the next bag of crisps or the next biscuit. But it just wouldn't stop. And the binge would either just end because the food had run out or it would just end. But it wasn't me saying, I'm satisfied, I've had enough um, and I'm happy now. And I used to just think, how can I eat and be thin? Because I had such a drive in me to eat, but I also wanted to be thin. Um, so I'd try and manipulate the food or manage the food by eating 
food that was maybe lower in calories. So I'd be drinking, you know, I could be drinking the slimline milk, but a couple of hours later I could be in the in the chocolate. Um, or I could be trying to not eat the biscuits and not eat the cake and I'd say, right, I'm just going to eat the apples. And I'd find myself going to Dublin in the car and I'd have a bag of apples in the car and I'd just be working my way through them. And that would be me thinking I was being good. Um, um, and if I was eating chocolate or eating biscuits, I'd have to hide the wrappers before I'd get to be with company again or before people had come back into the house. And that was a difference yesterday. I wasn't listening out for when my mother and my sister were going to be coming back into the house. It didn't matter because I wasn't ashamed of what I was doing. Um, and I had to do an awful lot of eating, an awful lot of trying to control my weight, um, trying to manage this myself um, for years and years before I had the experience or had the disclosure from my higher power that this thing has me beaten. And I call it the disease of addiction or the disease of alcoholism now. But I, I wouldn't have called it that then. I didn't know what it was. I just knew something had me beaten because I could not stop eating. I could not stop obsessing about food. Um, I'd find it hard to get home from work without stopping off at a shop. I'd have my dinner, but I'd be picking before I'd be eating my dinner. Um, and then eating after my dinner, going off to my bedroom in, in secret, um, up and down off the scales, and you know, and doing things like going to weight loss clubs, you know, trying to walk off the weight, and my weight would just be going mainly up, but sometimes a little bit down. And if it was, I'd be happy with that, but it was never enough. Um, so, thank God, I got to a place where. I had a sense of this thing being having the better of me and that if I lived to be 70, it would be the same, only worse. And up until then, I, I hadn't had that realisation or that disclosure. I thought I would be okay. I thought I'd be able to, you know, be okay on Monday. I'd dust myself down, I'd try again. And there was always one more try in me. Um, and it just had to get bad enough over the years to realise I can't do this, I can't manage this. And at that time as well, I could see that I could blame nothing. There was nothing on the outside world that could explain why I'd eat the way I'd eat. And I had no idea at that stage that the problem was in my mind. Really, I saw that the problem was food and weight and maybe a little bit about how I got on with other people. About 5% of my problem was that. That's what I thought then. And now I'd see it as the other way around. Now I'd say 95% of my problem was how I relate to people and how I get on with people and what I think of me and what I think of other people, blah de blah um, And 5% of the problem was the obsession in my head about food and weight and that physical allergy that we learn about. Um, so out of, out of that experience of myself, um, Around that time, I saw a flyer that said, is food a problem for you? And I used to walk by that flyer and think, yeah, it is a problem. Um, but it took me a long time to write down the phone number, make the phone call. Um, but when I did, through more eating, um, 
the lady I spoke with shared a little bit of herself and I knew that she got it and that was my first time to have the experience of somebody else understanding what it was like in my head and to do the things that I did and she suggested that I meet up with another member and that she would share her story with me and that's what happened I met up with a lady who 12-stepped me and she talked about what it had been like for her and while I'd never met her before I absolutely believed her story and I could relate to it um, and if anything things had even got worse for her than they had for me but I could still imagine me in her story <coughs> and out of that I started going to meetings and hearing about this this disease of addiction and hearing about that the problem was in my mind. I had a mental obsession, I had a physical allergy, a spiritual malady. And when I heard people talking about that, it fit. And for me, that was my higher power talking to me through the meetings. This is what your real problem is, Serena. Um, and later on, although I was going to the meetings and I got great relief out of going to the meetings, it didn't stop me eating. And that experience for me was another disclosure and it was that just because I know I have this problem, just because I know I have this addiction, doesn't give me the necessary power not to pick up that first one. Um, and I needed to have that experience. Um, like they talk about in the big book, lack of power was our dilemma. And for me, while going to meetings was great, it didn't provide the power that I needed not to pick up the first one. And out of that experience, um, I asked a member to be my sponsor, and that was the most frightening thing I'd ever done. I was frightened that things might even get worse, that I might even put even more weight on. Um, I was frightened of what I might have to do. I was frightened of letting somebody else tell me what to do with the food and other areas of my life. Um, and I didn't know if I could stay sober for a day. I didn't. Um, but at that stage, the pain of where I was at was just slightly more than the fear of what will happen to me if I have a sponsor. And I'm glad I got to that point. Um, and out of that, um, I, felt, I felt that the cards were thrown up in the air and that I just might be okay. I just might be okay. And my sponsor just said to me, you know, can you do this for a day? You know, can you try for a day? Um, because I was thinking about, what about if I get married? What about my birthday? And, um, and my birthday was months off and I wasn't going out with somebody. And yet these were the fears mm -hmm. that were in my head. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, because people talked about getting a sponsor, doing service, doing these steps, that was that was what I started to do. That was the program of recovery that was being presented to me. And in time, um, I got on and did the the fourth and fifth step, and that was another revelation to me that, you know, finding out about my fears and my resentments and what really drove me 
driven by a hundred forms of fear, driven by me thinking about me, how will I cope, how will I manage, how does this affect me? And it was all me, me, me. And I didn't realise that was my disease. And that had to be pointed out to me. Um, Because here was all this stuff that was nothing really about food, but drove my eating. Um, So, um, yeah, I think, you know, God constantly discloses more to you and to us. I think when I keep coming to meetings and keep in touch with other members, what God keeps disclosing to me is this is the disease you have. This is recovery. This is what you need to do. And I keep needing to be reminded of of what the program of recovery is and what I need to do or how the disease is playing out in my life. Um, and, you know, more recently, um, I've had that experience of the second half of the first step, just that sense of my life is unmanageable by me and feeling that I wasn't spiritually growing and and not knowing why I was getting uncomfortable. <clears throat> and what I'd hear at the meet, one of the meetings I'd go to, I'd hear, when you've any trouble at all, share it with another alcoholic. And that's what I kept hearing. And I think that's the message God wanted me to hear. Because I could see that I was doing a lot of the other stuff that people were talking about, but I hadn't... Um, I hadn't frequent contact with my sponsor and I had much less frequent contact with other members that, than other people would have. And I asked a member who was sober decades, I just talked to her about it, and she spoke to me about her experience of sponsorship. And what that showed me was, my gosh, if she needs to be in touch with the sponsor after that length of time, I who haven't a fraction of her recovery, surely would need to have a, a sponsor. That um, And I did have a sponsor, but I would surely need to be talking to my sponsor more, be more sponsorable. Um, and that was just a, a quite a difficult time, and there was plenty of tears around that time. Um, but it just, I suppose what came out of that for me was I'm much better off when I'm in regular contact with the sponsor and other members. It's just, if other members can do, can live without that regular contact, fine, but it just wasn't my experience that I was much better when I'd have regular contact. And and I see that as a way of God, again, disclosing more to me, you know, that if I'm in touch with the sponsor, I get to share my bits and pieces. Some things I might think are important aren't so important, things that I don't think are important, my sponsor can see an importance to them, or how I might need to do something a bit different, or how I need to let something go. Um, And I would see that as just allowing a grace into my life, that if I share with somebody else, this is what I think is going on, what do you think? It just allows a grace in. Um, And that's hugely powerful. And I had that experience at the weekend, just being at a a family party, lovely family party, lovely people, but just feeling that bit of disconnection and that feeling of, you know, I didn't bring the right present, I should have done something different. And just getting a few minutes to go out at the party and just share with another member, this is what's going on. And she's sharing recovery back at me, 
and a bit of um, yes, sharing recovery, not entertaining the disease. And I go back in and everything's different. And yet nothing has changed in the room, but everything's different for me. I get speaking with a girl who just having a lovely conversation with her. My present is now okay in my head. Um, and I'm lighter. And I don't have to eat at that party. I'm not there going around trying to see how I can sneakily get more food. Um, or leaving the party and going off and getting food in secret. And that's that's a miracle. So, yeah, I think my higher power, I don't know, I think I call him he, I call him God. I think he's asking me to trust. I think he's asking me to enjoy life, enjoy the people in it. He's saying to me, give this great gift of recovery that's been given to you that now I get to see people in a different way um, that I'm not blocked with the food today but I can on any given day I can get blocked with other stuff fears or me thinking about me but there's a way out of it you know I can pray I can talk with my sponsor I can talk with another member I can come to a meeting and I don't have to be stuck for us don't have to be stuck for long and I certainly don't have to eat over it and that's absolutely powerful um, so I've been blessed that I've been given this program um, and I didn't always feel that way but I'm one of these people that absolutely needs to keep coming back. I still have this disease, but I don't have to suffer from it the way I used to. And the best thing is I get to enjoy my life. I get to enjoy the people in it. Um, I get to be in love. I get to have a different relationship with my higher power. Um, and I've been told here the best is yet to come. And I do want the best. And I believe if I keep coming back and by the grace of God keep in touch with other members, that I don't ever have to know what it's like to self-destruct again. And more will be revealed. More good stuff, I hope. <laughs> so thank you for listening to me.